Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You have to work with the livestock. Learn more about developing a wind. It's time for NBC Radio News on KCAA Loma Linda. Brought to you by Green Kong Dispensary, the Inland Empire's finest curated medical and recreational dispensary. Google GreenKong.com. With 60 years of fascinating facts, this is the man from yesterday. And back in time to this time in 1963, it's announced that First Lady Jackie will join President Kennedy in a Democratic Party fundraising swing into Texas, November 21st and 22nd. It'll be Jackie's first political trip with President Kennedy since he took office. His itinerary includes swings into Houston, Dallas, Fort Worth, and Austin. It's funny, uh, I used to worry about going into the White House. It'll be a goldfish bowl, the Secret Service, I'll never see my husband. Then you found out that, um, you know, it was really the happiest time of my life. And from this time in 1982, filming wraps for a new Dustin Hoffman movie, Tootsie, which sees Hoffman disguised as a woman to get acting parts. Also in that movie, Jessica Lange, Terry Garr, and Bill Murray. I'm afraid, Dr. Booster, that you have underestimated me. If you want to win me over, you'll have to deal with my mind and not my lips. Cut it. And stop tape. I was supposed to kiss her. And from November of 1972, 14-year-old Donny Osmond is losing his youthful treble. His voice is changing into manhood. Donny Osmond says that he just can't reach those high notes anymore. One bad apple don't spoil the whole bunch, girl. Oh, give it one more try before you give up on love. With more at manfromyesterday.com. The symbol of power and majesty, the gorilla, feared and respected. Our closest animal cousin believed to possess human-like depth and understanding. Green Kong Cannabis Dispensary of Paris aspires to develop the same understanding. Green Kong is a destination, a personal experience with great service for everyone. Located right off the 215 freeway and Hurley Knox Road in Paris, Green Kong is safe, legal, and easy. Visit GreenKong.com for orders. You must be 21. Green Kong is the place for you. Experience Green Kong's exotic surroundings in their jungle-like setting. Bathed in soothing light, Green Kong is a go-to destination for the CBD or cannabis curious or the connoisseur. Google GreenKong.com or visit Green Kong's brand new exciting new location in Paris, California. California Headline News, the state has filed a lawsuit against e-cigarette maker Juul over its advertising. Attorney General Javier Becerra says the company intentionally targeted teens. The dangers of e-cigarettes or vaping cannot be understated, especially when it comes to the dangers they pose to our children. The lawsuit claims Juul failed to properly disclose the risks of its products. Fresno police are searching for the suspects who shot 10 people at a house party Sunday night, killing four of them. Police Chief Andy Hall says fighting the suspects is a top priority. Right now, our focus for the Fresno Police Department will be to apprehend the suspects responsible for this. We will have a single mission until we do that, and we will not rest until we... we uh, we arrest them. Paul says the shooting was intentional. And PG&E is warning about 250,000 customers in Northern California that another public safety power shutoff is in the works. It's due to a high wind event in the forecast for Wednesday. Steve Clawson, California News. A heart in my tasty honey nut Cheerios? Cereal. You trying to tell me you love me? Actually, it's reminding you that it can help lower cholesterol as part of a heart-healthy diet. Wait! Ah! 
they can help lower cholesterol? I've been so focused on the sweet, tasty taste that I completely forgot. Now I'm in love. <laughs> Learn more about making Honey Nut Cheerios part of your heart-healthy lifestyle by picking up a box at your local grocery store. Know where you can find all your favorite Skechers shoes in one place? Skechers.com. Because at Skechers.com, we have miles and miles of styles of the most comfortable shoes on the planet. We have boys and girls shoes that sparkle and light up. Skechers.com has work shoes, slip-ons, sports shoes, casual shoes, canvas shoes, go walk, go run. The styles are endless. And on Skechers.com, you can find all the fits you need. Plus, so many shoes with Skechers exclusive air-cooled memory foam. So find all the styles, all the fits, and all the comfort. Only at Skechers.com. Avenue Photography in Wildemar takes this time to honor our area veterans who proudly and bravely put their lives on the line to preserve our way of life. This week, in honor of Veterans Day, Avenue Photography encourages listeners to thank our veterans for their incredible sacrifice and service. That patriotic reminder is courtesy of the proud staff at Avenue Photography in Wildemar. We're there on the air saluting all area veterans and military families. Thank you for your service and thank you for your sacrifice. What's up, team? This is Robert Porter with I Love San Bernardino County Radio Show on KCAA NBC 106.5 FM, 102.3 FM, 1050 AM, where we will talk politics, culture, and history. I'm waiting for my good co-host, Carmo Rowe. Hopefully she'll be coming, but like we all have to be honest. She's got, got kids, and her kids are in football right now, and they're doing incredible. So like she has actually... Uh, Goes to every game, and she's one a really great mom. So I hope she's listening in right now and on her way over here. But if not, we understand, Carmel. We love you very much. But I'd like to start off with a little bit of history because you know I like Legends of the Arrowhead. So here we go, team. This is a great one. Sam Manuel's Legend of the Arrowhead, told by John Brown Jr. and reviewed at a Pioneer Society meeting in San Bernardino County. December 21st, 1913. And I found this uh, um, Legend of the Arrowhead in newspapers.com. So it's a, like has all the old newspapers in it, and no one actually had this Legend of the Arrowhead. So what I did was I compiled it in a book called Legends of the Arrowhead with a great uh, San Bernardino historian, Nick Cataldo and Lynn Killian. And what we did is we got all the, the different uh, um, legends together in one book. So uh, there, there, would, there used to be one with only three legends. And there's actually like seven or eight. So I wanted to make sure we had them all together. 
So you can get this on Amazon if you want, anytime. It's really cheap, fourteen ninety nine, because I want us to have access to our history. And I have some book that's like 75 bucks. So uh, Amazon.com, right here, Legends of the Arrowhead. And I'll read you the legend of the Sam Manuel Arrowhead. A new legend. The following new legend of the Arrowhead was read and created much interest and amusement. Many, many years ago, the Serrano Indians of Southern California established a large rancheria or village on the flat where the hot springs are, a little north and east of the present site of the famous Arrowhead Hotel. So you all know the big white Arrowhead Hotel? So Arrowhead Springs is right below the Arrowhead, and it's an ancient, ancient, like, hotel, like, from like, uh, there's actually been three of them, and the first one's burned down like really early uh, 1900s um, fireworks, and then uh, now there's one up there. And Sam and Will just recently bought the property, and they're going to refurbish it and have uh, multiple uh, areas for their kids, so their kids can have some properties too and stuff. Because Sam and Will's getting a little crowded up there, so they want m more area. So it's going to be reservation land eventually. And uh, I was in my mother's womb. When she worked at Arrowhead Springs, and I actually, my baby shower was here at the Arrowhead Springs Hotel. So I worked at Arrowhead Springs, too. Oh, right on, right on. And uh, I wonder if you worked with my mom, but we'll have to figure that out someday. At the base of what is now known as the Arrowhead Mountain, attracted to this picturesque retreat by the curvature, the curative properties of the hot water issuing from the springs and the canyon nearby on the west, and also by the abundance of game on all sides, which afforded them food. Here they lived in ease and contentment in the midst of the mountains surrounding them and imagined they saw the great spirit in the clouds and heard him in the wind and thunder. It happened then as it had happened since even amongst civilized communities that two of these braves fell in love and with and sought the hand of a dusky maiden, Maria, daughter of Chief Gabriel. And so earnestly did they press their devotions that Gabriel was obliged to take these wooings in hand himself and ordered them settled at once in the ancient customs of the tribe, the ordeal of moral combat with bows and arrows, the conquered to be entitled to his dearly purchased bride. The chieftain fixed all day, summoned all his tribe to attend to see fair play. The solemn day arrived, 40 paces were stepped off by him. And the antagonists, Santos and Angelo, were ordered to face one another. The bow, the bow and arrows were carefully examined and found to be in excellent condition. The arrows being provided with the hardest and sharpest arrowheads of flint rock that could be found in the mountains. And when all was in readiness, Chief Gabriel, having his daughter by his side, gave the command to fire and the duel was on but did not last long. But few arrows left their quiver when one well-directed arrow from the bow of Angelo pierced the heart of Santos, who fell to the ground exclaiming, Maria is yours! Angelo approached his victim, pulled the bleeding arrow from his dying rival, placed it in his bow, and with all his strength, and in the moment of triumph, shot this arrow with his bleeding arrowhead away up into the mountainside, where it embedded in the earth and gradually began to grow and finally attained its present size. This noted landmark of the San Bernardino Valley, the arrowhead, that mysterious configuration that attracts attention and excites the wonder of thousands who live and pass through the loveliest valley in all of California. It is needless to say that Chief Gabriel ordered a great feast and called his tribe together in the midst of dancing and rejoicing and gave Angelo to his daughter Maria in marriage. The bride and groom lived a long, happy life, whose descendants still live at San Manuel on the mountainside north of Southern California State Hospital, who treasured this romantic legend and confided it in their old-time friend, John Brown Jr. of this city. So John Brown Jr. was like one of the original founders in San Bernardino, and his, his father was actually a, 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 one of the main guys, John Brown. And uh, we... we I found this piece of history and nobody had it. So, like, it's really cool that we actually have a piece of history that's attributed to Sam Manuel. And now I have asked uh, some of the elders about this, and uh, they, they said they've heard the story before. And then uh, one cool part is Sam Manuel has a basket with the arrowhead and uh, uh, the, the peak on it. So, like, this was actually made by one of the elders and, their, uh, and a sister-in-law. So it was made together with materials from behind Sam Manuel. So I actually learned a little history by sharing this history. 
And uh, my whole goal is to get this history out to the world. Because if you uh, look at the arrowhead, you'll see that there's like trees planted around it. And what they are is Israeli cypresses. And what happened is in the 1920s through about the 40s, 50s, the Boy Scouts of America and the Friends of the Arrowhead planted 20 to 30,000 trees around the Arrowhead. So we technically have a piece of art there just based off of what they did. And we should be showcasing it. Right now, we don't. We say, if you look on Google, it says natural formation. But is that natural if they planted 20,000 trees around it? No. So San Bernardino City, let's get together and let's get this history out there. Let's let the world know we have the largest piece of art in the world. Come here to see it and check it out. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, forward, by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That, and that's not even anything to do with my mega art studies. This is just straight what the Boy Scouts did and what is recorded. So if you, you know, I keep hitting the table. I'm sorry about that. But like, if you guys really want to showcase something that's great in San Bernardino, there's nothing better than our Arrowhead. It's on everything. It's on the county seal, the city seal. It's uh, it, it's you can see it from almost every spot in the city. So you, we could have Arrowhead viewing stations at like Green Shack or at the Orange Show or wherever we wanted to. And all these old businesses could have a little little sign and you take, you know, you, you, you put your phone up there, uh, get all the information on it, know that it's a viewing station, know what direction to look. And we could share this with everyone. But we got to work a little harder on this team. And, and I need some people to get on board. So if you're listening, any of uh, the city council members, let's uh, get this out there. And you know I'll be there speaking soon. So uh, on my health front, um, uh, Wednesday will be eight weeks since my open heart surgery. I am feeling great, team. I mean, you know, uh, a, few sh a few shows ago before I had my surgery, I, I was crying. I thought I was going to die. You know, I was super scared. But the creator gave me a second chance to help as many people as I possibly can and get this history out there. So that's what I'm going to do. My whole goal is to hike Arrowhead Peak and know every single cave, know every single trail, I'm going to even plan on sleeping up there for the, you know, maybe a couple days because it's a seriously hard hike to get there. So this is my goal is to work my way up and it's part of my recovery. So I have a goal. You got to have a goal when you're recovering. You can't just like go back to what you did normally. You got you to gotta move your body. You got to be like, okay, my mind is set on this and I'm going to do it. And my whole goal is to know all that. Then I'm going to write an incredible book on it. And anthropologically as an archaeologist I know how to record this stuff so I know there's circles and squares up on the hill and they're made out of rocks not just plants so I know they say there's a bear face up there a jaguar that that represents a local creation history and a coyote grabs the arrowhead but what it is is that those things were actually outlined on rock and they used survey method they used uh, uh, geometry these were smart people. This was a civilization that did it. It had to be artists that did this. You don't just draw on the side of a hill and make it work. And then there's also carvings there. So these types of things can actually be recorded and shown to the anthropologist. And then they can't be like, oh, you're seeing things. Because that's what you're really meant to do is to see it, right? This is for people to look, for the, for the kids to look up there and have the adults teach them what's going on with their history. So eventually, I'm hoping someday that, that you'll see that this creation song is there, and it will be able to teach it a little bit easier. But as I study the creation song, this creation song matches the two-brother God story that travels across the whole southwestern United States. So if we have a spot here that has that creation song on it, and I found it over at Saboba, and I found it near Pachanga, and I'm sure it's probably with the Gabrielinos as well. So if they have, have it too, maybe we have a serious language here that we can teach people to read. Just imagine a language that you can read just by looking at the images. That is far surpasses English, right? 
I mean, that's what the, the intent of the Egyptians was. That was the intent of the Aztecs and, or, or the Mashika and the, the, um, the, the, the Maya was to show images. And then you could, then anybody could read it, right? Instead of we do things in like letters and not everyone can read it. So I think they had a superior writing system. And getting the anthropologist to pay attention is not easy, but it's kind of hard to tell another anthropologist they don't know what they're talking about because, you know, uh, why are they any better than me? I have the same education as them. So this is uh, where I'm working on with this, and I will never stop. So you can talk crap or you can actually be on board. I don't care. I'm going to keep teaching as many people as I can until we save San Bernardino with our own art right here. And I want to thank Sam and Will, and I want to thank those Ameri Native Americans for going up there and doing all that hard work back then. And I want to thank uh, Sam and Will for actually paying a little attention to me here or there about this as well because I believe Sam and Will will save our city. How is that? Not just through the art, but they're, they're creating a convention center up there. I just went up there dancing at the Two Coot Lounge on, um, the Two Coot means Wildcat in uh, Serrano, and went up there dancing on Saturday, and uh, I saw the native, which, you know, I always like the native, he's a cool cat, and then uh, uh, Full Circle Live, which is an incredible band, and they play all these oldies, and you, you'll listen to Mana and just get up there and dance and just have a good old time. And, 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 and it reminds me of my days in Mexico because I grew up partially in Mexico in San Felipe where we have a beach house, which we still have to this day. Not that we were rich, but my dad would send us down there so we could save money up here because there was no electricity and there's no telephone. So in the summertime, guess where we were at? My dad sent us all down to Mexico and he stayed up here and worked and made money. And then uh, the electricity bill and everything was cheaper here. And then we were definitely budgeted down in Mexico. And that was how we made it. And that's how my business, uh, my dad's business and my, our old business used to survive. So that's a little bit of my history. I wanted to make sure and get it out there. Um, we are looking for sponsors, team. I'd like to have four sponsors for this show. So if you're interested in sponsorship, it's not that much. I'll get your name out there. It's going to be $150 for a month. If you're interested, hit me up. If you want your business really known, now you know I have I Love San Bernardino group online. You know there's about 8,000 people from right here in San Bernardino itself. Then I'm trying to get uh, members from all around the county. So as I build that up, and then of course I have a huge following on my own pages, and then I have a I Love San Bernardino page. So it, uh, all in all together, we have about 15,000 we can reach. So if you want to get your name out there, I'm all about repetition. Yeah, my sponsors uh, for there are Green Shack, Inland Empire Optometry, um, uh, Fresh Cuts, right? So they really help get, they, they really help the community. That's why I love them. They, uh, they give free glasses. They, uh, uh, for example, Green Shack sponsored a church for all, for a church event for all these kids to have food. So these are the type of sponsors I like to bring on board. So if you are someone that helps the community and you want to help get your name out there as well, Hit me up, and I will get your name out there. All right, um, we also have Scott Olson in the house today. How you doing there, Scott? I'm doing pretty good. All right, and, uh, and, and then our, our guest today, uh, we got Manny Perez. How you doing today, Manny? You I'm, I'm doing a lot better now that I'm here right here with you listening uh, to you. All right, yeah, you know, and I'll never stop talking. Then, of course, another admin on I Love San Bernardino who just recently joined, Oliver Chavez. Thank you very much for everything you've been doing on there. Go ahead and say hello to everybody. Get, no get, a, get a ball up there. Yeah, you got to talk into the mic. This is this how it works. Hey, Robert, thank you for having us. I appreciate your time and everything you've been doing for San Bernardino. Thank oh, well, you. well, thank you very much. And then uh, Elias Flores, we got over in the corner, he, and he, he, I think he should run for office, but that's another thing. Hello, I'm Elias. I want to thank uh, Robert and uh, Oliver for having me today. I'm just excited to see uh, if we can inform some people on what we'd like to discuss. Cool, cool. All right, be before we get into their, uh, to what they do, uh, and, and it's very interesting, we're, we're going to talk about um, ways to get seniors, uh, veterans, um, homeless, uh, millennials into homes in a, a way to step up. But before we get into that, I'd like to talk a little bit about the community and what, what I saw went on for the last few, uh, few things. We had some incredible veterans events in San Bernardino. And you know my, my father was a disabled veteran and unfortunately killed himself um, at Riverside National Cemetery with his Purple Heart in his hand. So I have a really soft spot for all veterans, and I go out of my way for them. And we had an incredible event in uh, 
in Colton and in San Bernardino, that a parade for the veterans and then an event afterwards and where Mr. Ramos got up there and spoke and really uh, really uh, inspired uh, everyone. And then, and then also we had uh, Joe Mosley, who is a, a local veteran who's helped my mom with some things. And it was really great seeing them all there. And then of course, Mr. Valdivia, our, our local mayor, he was up there. Um, uh, uh, Eloise Reyes Gomez, and then the whole kit and caboodle with our uh, our, our local uh, council people and stuff were up there as well. So I wanna thank all them for doing that great event. And then I also wanna thank the San Bernardino rank and file that were there working their butts off like they always do. Even the people from Parks and Rec who were out there cleaning up and, and doing their thing. Because I don't really think we give enough credit to the city workers of San Bernardino. They do a lot of work and they don't get a lot of credit. They always get a lot of complaints. They get a lot of bull, but like they don't get credit where it's deserved. I mean, they're the ones in our parks cleaning them up. Now, I know there's a few community groups that clean up, like we are the change and stuff like that, but they can only do so much. But our park workers are in there every day in the trenches. People like Richard Rodriguez, who knows every single nook and cranny of our city. And I don't know what we would do without them. So I want to give a, a shout out to them. And I want to dedicate this show to the city workers who do their best to make San Bernardino a better place. All right. We all, I also got this incredible opportunity to see um, uh, an art show this weekend, right? So I went over there to uh, the Garcia Center for the Arts. It's this old, old building, and uh, the Garcias are a, a very prominent family in San Bernardino. And they actually took their own money, bought this building, and they're trying to build it up as a non-for-profit. And they invite artists, they invite uh, musicians, they invite poets, they invite anyone who's willing to get in there and actually try to make San Bernardino a better place. So I went over there and it was called Black Book Sessions. And they had this local group come in and it was a poetry reading. So me personally, I'm a poet. So I, I have my own book on Amazon. You can check it out, Poetic Art. And what I wanted to do is every time I write one of my books that's technical and super hard, what I do is I do one with my poems and art for fun for me. Now, I don't sell a lot of them, but it gives me a chance to always have a book whenever these poem and open mics are. Went over there. I got to read Legends of the Arrowhead over there. They loved it. And then I did my uh, poem, San Bernardino Hood. They also loved that, too. It was pretty cool. And then uh, I got to actually be a, um, a judge in a, 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 an art show for, for youngsters from uh, four years old, I believe, till 19. So they had all these pieces of art up there, and these kids were incredible. Now, they had them in categories. So in the beginning category, of course, I picked the ones that looked the youngest. Because I think if you can inspire a young artist to, with an award at a young age, they may stick with it the rest of their life. Right, so nobody likes to lose. But they had a, but they had a, um, a, a, I think nine prizes, and they were like this box filled with all these different art supplies and things. And the kids were really, really um, excited to get their, their 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 canvases and paint and all this stuff. So um, I, I really uh, did appreciate uh, Generation Now for setting that up over there. And they, they had, a, oh, this is cool. They had a shirt maker. So I actually got to make my own shirt. I mean, I've never done that before. So that was really cool. And then they had a candy apple maker. They had a henna maker. So th then they had a all vegan food. So they're really trying to do good things over there. So if you want to throw an event, the Garcia Center would be a great spot to go. Head on over there. Talk to, uh, um, t talk to Mr. Garcia or, or, or Mrs. Garcia and, and see what you can do. And there's a lot of uh, workers over there as well. And just see what you can do and maybe they'll let you throw it there and uh, you could have an event with the community and then it also is a good place to network. So when I go to these events, it's like, oh my gosh, Robert Porter from I Love San Bernardino. I, I'm still not used to it. But that just shows that by getting out there in the community, you can actually become a, a name that can, that, that can inspire people. Right? So if you want to inspire people, I suggest you start getting out into the community, doing these events, and start meeting people. Shake people's hands. Tell them what you're about. Of course, I always got my Arrowhead book in my hand. Right? So I just pull out of my back pocket and start showing the art. You're your best promoter team. Also, on musicology, right? So musicology will be starting up here real quick on PBS. Um, I think it's within the next week or two. 
And uh, if you're... It, what's going on, technical difficulties? Uh, oh, you didn't turn off your volume there, Scott Olson. It's supposed to be off. I don't even have <laughs> Well, anyways, anyways. So if you want to be on Musicology, go to musicology.com. And if you're a local band and you feel like you got something good... Follow the criteria on musicology.com, and who knows, you could be on TV with us. That would be really cool. And uh, I, I, I was inspired by everything Manella Iskander does. Uh, for, she's from the Green Shack, and she runs the Green Shack Deli. And I was inspired by her, and like she brought me into the first Musicology and the second one, and there's going to be a third season. So if you're interested in that, get your stuff in there, team, man. Don't give up. Go for it, man. Go, go whole hog in there. Try to get on TV, and you know we'll get you some play on there. All right, team. So uh, uh, after I did all my uh, talkopotamus stuff, we do have a, um, a city council meeting coming up. Uh, I believe this is it. This Wednesday. It has been canceled. Oh, it's been canceled. Oh, okay. Yes, and the official reason given. Okay, go ahead and talk. Was that it was the original attempt when the city council voted quite a while ago to give Thanksgiving off. I remember Christmas. I don't remember the Thanksgiving, but I'm sure they did it together. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, it's the day before uh, Thanksgiving. Well, no, it's the week before Thanksgiving. Okay. They wanted to have. One. Oh yeah, yeah. They wanted to go dark during that one, which makes sense. It's not like this is. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The first time they've done that. Uh, of course, there are always the people online that think that they canceled it because they're scared to have a council session because of the people who don't like them and like to complain. Oh, there's some complainers in our town. There's definitely some complainers, but they don't get much play from me, that's for you know, sure. Robert, I would call him a gadfly, but after you told me what a gadfly was, I don't want to insult <laughs> the gadfly. Yeah, the gadfly bit the god enough to, to kill him. So, yeah. And their bites aren't that bad. Yeah. They're all bark. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, a pr it's promotion for them, a lot of them. But, I mean, hey, I mean, if you want to be the complainer of San Bernardino, it will stick to you. I used to be one. Well, I used Me to do, but yeah. there's a point in time where you stop complaining. You start trying to help the community. And, and I'll These tell people you, don't understand how that works. I'll tell you what works. changed me. Margaret Hill, Dr. Margaret Hill came up to me, and she told me straight up, you catch more bees with honey. And it's a straight truth. You'll never see her talking bad about anybody when she's up in council. And she's actually, vote for Margaret Hill. She's running for uh, San Bernardino uh, School Board, of course, like, and she's already on there. But like, she, she's totally right. You catch more bees with honey, and she never talks bad, even when she loses. And I won't disagree with that, but there comes a point in time, and I run into this with certain people, where, you know what, things are wrong. If you don't stand up and speak out, well, yeah, she speaks, you become the problem. She speaks out to their face. Silence. That's how it works. If you, go, if you go to the politician's face, you don't have to do it at the mic or you know online. You can actually go and get to them. And talk to them. Now that will be your your all goals, but you're you're not you're not gonna be uh, pandering something bad. You're actually going them with a great idea, something that's already inspired me. So uh, you you want you tell 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 them how you got, you you got them on the show today, uh, Oliver. Uh, please speak into the mic right here. Uh, yes, originally we had uh, all the way in there. Get on there, man. Get up in there. Um, originally, what we had done is we tried to go ahead and uh, talk to the city council about this. I spoke with the mayor. I spoke with the uh, chief of staff um, about what we have planned. Or Mr. Matt Brown. That's correct, sir. And uh, Mayor John Valdivia. Yes, sir. And we, were, we discussed about the opportunity to build some affordable housing for them. They like the idea. We're trying to work with them and see what we can do to help the community with this project. Because we don't have... Of really affordable housing in San Bernardino. I see people asking for places to rent to anything. You know, and they're they're just they're grasping at straws. But they're not even thinking about home ownership. When when if you have the right right setup, you could actually be paying the same amount as you're paying in rent. Correct. So uh, so uh, Mr. Perez, like uh, what, what what's your uh, what's your game in this whole thing? Could could you speak into the mic right over there? Yeah. Well, uh, my whole game right here is, you know, I mean, I want to thank everybody for inviting me. But um, uh, oh, thank you, sir. Thank yes, you. absolutely. Thank you. 
Uh, well, basically right now, uh, what we're working on is we're trying to get investors right now to go ahead and invest with us, you know, so that we can start this project, okay? But aside from that, um, since, you know, I'm into um, uh, doing lending, home loans, uh, we're doing a lot of down payment assistance programs for first-time buyers. Uh, a lot of, you know, the number one reason why a lot of customers don't buy homes because they don't know that, you know, we have these programs available, down payment assistance programs. And, and, so what's uh, and, a down payment assistant program? Uh, there's there's a couple of them. Uh, one of them, you know, they'll help you out with your um, uh, with a down payment and also for closing costs, which is the pay, the fees for the paperwork and everything. There's another one also where they'll issue you a grant based on your on your FICO score or your credit score. You know, so these programs are available and clients don't know that yet. You know, or so, so you know they, they just don't know them. So like. You you have to have a job, right? You can't just go in there with no job. But like, you, you look at their credit, or how, how does that work? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you gotta have a job. You know, um, uh, you know, make certain amount of money versus um, uh, the debts that you have, auto loans, uh, credit card debts, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So you know, they call it ratios in our in our industry. Okay. You know, the debt to income ratios. And if you can meet if you can meet those guidelines, which is the income, your income, uh, your debts, your ratios. You know, and you have a FICO score of any anywhere between 620 and above, uh, you know, I mean, there's a good possibility, a good chance that you can just go ahead and, you know, get into a home, you know. So uh, it's still affordable right here in San Bernardino, even though, you know, um, uh, uh, you know, I've been hearing the news lately that California is getting very, very expensive to buy a home. If you're not True. making over maybe, what, $120,000, dollars you know, a year, uh, you, can't, you basically can't, can't buy a home. So that's where these, these smaller homes come in, right? So yes. Mr. Flores, like, so tell us a little bit about these smaller homes, like granny flats and things like that. Well, uh, what we started at is looking for affordable housing. And I think I wanted to determine, you know, to explain to people, there's a difference between affordable housing and low-income housing. There's a stigma behind it. We're trying to do affordable housing here in California. So what we've been looking at is different ways to build affordable. We've looked at container homes. We've looked at manufactured homes. Now we've come across a product that we feel fits the bill. It's sustainable, but it's affordable, and it's financeable. Okay. So we have been approaching different cities, and uh, I have to commend all over here for getting us in the door with the city of San Bernardino. That's a stepping stone because that has been a struggle. And it's basically been designed to educate the city officials, lenders, realtors, that this is just a different way of building green and sustainable. We have little models that we feel would help for transitional housing, for temporary housing. We have what we call, everyone knows them as granny flats or AD units. You know, What's that, a granny flat? A granny flat is basically back in the day that everybody had that little secondary unit in the backyard for grandma or the in-law quarters. Well, in 2016, California came across with an ADU, which is an accessory dwelling unit, which allows most Californians to put an additional rental unit in the backyard to offset the affordable housing crisis because rents were so high. Yeah, you could actually, in, in as a homeowner, you could make a little extra money. You, you could renting that out, right? Right, that's another avenue. But also we're hoping to do, to explain to, uh, say, you know, like what you just pointed out, homeowners, why not rent to a senior? Why not rent to a vet? There's different organizations that we work with that will be more than glad to get you a tenant that is a senior or a vet. Uh, I'm a big proponent of veterans. We are also trying to do bigger communities for affordable housing for veterans. But uh, like I said, it all starts off with just transitional housing and working with the different city agencies that are willing to work with us to open the door and then work with people like Manny to help with the financing and down payment assistance and Oliver and his real estate background to educate buyers and other people. And this is why we're here today. And I thank you, Robert, for having us here. Well, so, so did you hear that, Councilwoman Sandra Barra? Uh, what, that's pretty interesting. Like now, now Sandra is an admin on I Love San Bernardino as well, our, our Councilwoman, and uh, really, really smart and knows what's going on. So like, have you guys met her yet? Like, we'll make sure and get you in contact with her. And uh, Mr. Juan Figueroa, really good dude. Um, He's one of our council members as well. He's running for election right now. Go on, go for it, dude. And uh, he listens to this show as well, so uh, he'll he'll be hearing what you guys have to say today. And uh, I'd consider this, guys. I mean, uh, I'm gonna. Get, I think we should have you guys come in and speak at the city council meeting too. I mean, that'd be a good idea. Just get, everybody gets three minutes, right? If every single citizen gets three minutes, you can go in there 
and it's at the beginning of the meeting, right after they do the awards and stuff, and you can go up there and say whatever you want for three minutes. So sometimes I do history, but you all could uh, kind of pr get your ideas out there, and I tell everyone, you want to lobby the politicians, the best place to do it is in the beginning of the meetings. Now, I learned this from Scott Olson. You go to the meetings half hour early, and you do the walk and talk, or you walk them out of the meeting, right, which sometimes involves staying till one or two in the morning, no joke but walk them back to their car. That's when you get a chance to actually speak to them. Otherwise, they're, they're busy. They're, you know, you get in there and like, they're actually doing work right there, right? So you don't, you don't get everything from the from straight from when you're speaking from the podium. They actually um, can get a lot of information and you can learn a lot just by staying in the meetings early. So what I do is I go in there and I talk to everybody, everybody. And it works. You know, you really get to learn about what's going on, what's in, what angles are actually going at, this and that. So uh, recently, uh, you guys went and spoke about uh, uh, Carousel Mall, right? Did, who, who spoke about that? you want to talk about that? or? Yes, we did speak about that uh, briefly. But uh, I think that would be something that Mr. Brown and the city would have to discuss a little further about that. Our project is mainly about what we, with the housing because yeah, they, they plan on putting multi-use. Uh, uh, they want they're talking to billionaires and want them to come in there and like you know build multi multi-use uh, with condos and all that stuff, which I yeah. I believe would be a Robert, good idea. Put this way, and these we've got realtors in here, so they can correct me in a heartbeat if I'm wrong. There is not a whole lot of land where you've got 40 acres to do whatever you want with multi-use. Mm -hmm. So ask the simple question. In spite of all the San Bernardino politics that makes it a pain in the butt. There is a reason, a very solid reason, why you cannot affordably and economically build four, five, six-story buildings on that land. And it's a real simple thing. It's a huge sandbox. If you go down 40 or 50 feet, you know what you've got? Sand. And water. In order to build a foundation, to build the buildings that they're talking about, is that why it keeps? Cost. Is that why it keeps falling through all the time? I mean, every time I, I yes. we get a new administration, there's new ideas that go in Look there. Look very closely at the old Central City Mall. Central City Mall, we all think it's two stories, right? No, it was two one stories built on top of it. From one level, it's one story. Coming out from the other level, it's a single story. It was built into the ground to accommodate that specific thing. You can't build stacking packs and we all know what the term is because because of the bus line federal law expects that within the sphere like out you know you hear this talking about this there's a certain sphere of influence around the bus thing and they're talking that next to the bus route they are supposed to by federal they morris when he did the whole deal agreed that you have to have somewhere between 27 and 60 units per acre in order to fulfill their requirements. Now, these guys in real estate are looking at me like, uh-huh, that means three, four, five hundred square foot units stacked six, seven stories high with little or no parking. Yeah, that you would it, it'd be rough. And I've been in and I've spoken, it's been five or six years since I did this, in other cities, when you start laying it out, what it is and what the requirements are, Central City Mall is a doomed property because of SBX. Now, when you're looking at something like this, and there's a little sheet I've got here picking, I'm sure there's a lot more details. This stuff, you can build this on that kind of. Land oh, yeah. Easily. You could, yeah, and it, it could be incredible, and you could put a lot of people. Um, especially elders, we yeah. we need we need spots for our elders. They're like they're 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 going onto the streets. If you look around here, the, the elders are going on the streets. Is there any way that we could get them a spot where where they could live off Social Security? Well, that is our goal, Robert, is to build affordable housing. Like I point out again, this mm -hmm. is affordable, not low income. And we are based on what we call a smaller unit. We are not a tiny home. We are not a manufactured home. We are still what most people would understand is a site-built home. It's just we use different modern technology to build it to make it more energy efficient. But that's why programs like Manny can share with everyone is it makes it affordable for someone to buy or for someone to actually put in someone's backyard for additional rental income or just for an additional family member for the extended families. Instead of families, you know, I hate to say this, but when they buy a home to qualify, you, you need three, four, five incomes to qualify. Well, here it allows you now to put an additional unit in the backyard legally, and it's financeable, and it can also create equity. So, so uh, Mr. Perez, how would they go about um, 
like if they wanted to get assistance, like how, could, explain that process a little bit. Do they come to you or do they have to go somewhere else first or? Well, right now, yes, they will actually have to come to me or okay. you know, what, what, you know, contact. What, what, what's your number? Well, that's a great question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 800-440-9426. Okay. 800-440-9426. And again, right now, you know, it's it's in the in the uh, developing processing. And what's uh, the name, name of your company one more time? Right now, I'm currently with Lending 3. Lending right. 3. You know, so, I'm, uh, you know, we're based out of uh, Orange County. So you can uh, look online for Lending 3 and they can get some more information absolutely. on that? Absolutely, yes, exactly. Or they can just go ahead and call me direct and I'll go ahead and get them all the information necessary and uh, w explain uh, uh, someone who's just done it for us for for you well uh, as a matter of fact uh, uh, you know I've done a lot of several you know down payment assistance programs okay all right you know and, and uh, a I, typical I, family of four or well you, you could say that typical family four you know first-time buyers you know uh, you know where they're making anywhere between sixty seventy thousand dollars you know, a year as a family, you know, as, as a family combined income, okay. you know, the decentable um, uh, credit score, you know, and, and again, um, you know, we can, we can help them out with their down payment, you know? So they, they go to you and then they, they, they pass the credit stuff. Like, so like, then do they have a choice of homes or like, how does that work? Well, basically, you know, I'll qualify them for a certain amount of money. Okay. So I'll just give you an example, you know, $250,000, okay. you know, I said, okay, you're, you're approved for this amount. You know, based on your qualifications of your credit score, your tax returns, paycheck stubs, et cetera, et cetera. You know, so I, I give them that amount, and then I'll just go ahead and, you know, uh, let the um, uh, real estate agent know. You so, know, so then the real estate agent, of course, goes out there and looks for a house for them. So what, what does a real estate agent do? Well, from that point on, we go ahead and move forward. We try to find something that's – I personally try to find, like he said, if it's 250 I try to find you something 225 You're going to say, why, if he just told me 250 because that gives us $25,000 to play with. If they counter us back, we have $25,000 to say, You can okay, build one of those more. tiny uh, granny flats on the back, right? <laughs> yeah. And then from there, we go ahead and proceed. Um, it gives us the flexibility pretty much of just moving around what we can uh, with, with the money that he has offered. If they tell us we're 250 we maxed out, and they counter us at 260 it's game over unless they have the money to come up with the then difference. Then it falls through. Exactly. So, so it's better to start at a, at a lower amount than what you're originally going to I don't believe in raising people's for. hopes up if it's not doable. Yeah, because that, that probably is devastating when you is. think you're going to get a home and then bam. That's when you say it's over. I forget it. Yeah. It's not worth it. I'm and, done. And then and then everyone's unhappy. Everyone's Correct. left with a bad taste in your mouth. And you want to make sure that they get in a home and they, they, they can raise their kids in there and go to our local schools and they don't have to move constantly and their kids have to move and it just becomes a big ordeal for everybody i see people crying online on exactly. i love san Bernardino group they're just they don't know what to do they just lost, they just got uh, evicted and have nowhere to go or uh or they can't afford their payment anymore or whatever so like 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 th then you can also what about like people buying it to rent it out how does that work well, once they go ahead and get it pretty much purchased, they could do what, what they want within means and mm -hmm. reasons. I mean, once we get that going, we could go ahead and try to find them a tenant from there, get them in there, pre-screen them, make sure everything's good, and then they're they're off and running with that. And then you get that granny flat on the back, and you can, like, exactly. I, I, I see potential for, for these all over because there's large properties in San Bernardino. Like, I did a bunch of surveys where they had this thing called the – the, the lakes projects, the lakes and streams, and they were going to build this huge lake in the middle of San Bernardino. So they sent all those archaeologists out there to do surveys on all these small properties. They were all small little houses on a huge property, right? But, but they were elders, and they weren't going to move. They did not want to move. But you might be able to go to some of these elders and say, hey, would you like to build something on there so you can make more money and, and pay the rent? And that would help them out greatly, and that—that's it, It's a land that's worth the money now, right? Is that is that, is that? They say land is what it is, dirt, mm. you know. Mm. But the our actual building itself, like this one right here that we're discussing, that's actually a home. It's not a tiny home. It's it's a build on a permanent so, so, foundation. So, so explain a typical home from here. Well, this one right here, like I said, go ahead and speak into that microphone because your your voice is not loud enough, dude. Sorry, man. <laughs> I apologize. This home, like I said, it is built on a permanent foundation, so it is. A home itself it's not a tiny home it's not a mobile home this will gain equity as time goes on so you're actually 
building something for later down the line. If and when you outgrow it, if you're a first-time home buyer, you could actually go ahead and later down the line rent it out and purchase another home. What about adding on to it? Well, that's where Manny, I mean, uh, Elias would come in. I'm, we are be able to do that. Uh, pretty much you could just tell us, hey, you know what, I'd like to build a home this big. What can I do? And Elias will be more than happy to help you with that. What, what, what's the name of your company? My name, my company is the Chavez Group at Excellence Empire in Moreno Valley. And, and how would they get a hold of you? They could reach me at 909-256-1766. And just for legality purposes, my license number is 0149-6320. You can verify it at the Department of Real Estate. And, and this work with us, we would be more than happy to do one here as well. And uh, th this is also a networking opportunity for people too. Like, if you want to, if you wanted to learn to be a realtor or something as well, w would that be something that you could help people do? They could go ahead and reach out to us. I could go ahead and point them in the right direction. We don't. I don't believe we have any um, classes at our office, but I could double check on that for you. Okay. All right. That's still interesting. So the, yours is basically teaching people how to do the process of getting a home. That is correct. All right. All right. Now. Um, Say you're like a, um, you're a veteran, you, you got money coming in from Social Security, um, but uh, you don't know how to, to, to really maneuver in all this complex stuff. What, what would you say, what, what would be their first move to do? The first step would be to call Manny Perez. Find Co out what call it is. Call Manny and say, what's up, dude? Yeah, we want to make sure that they know exactly what they qualify for. You know, we don't want, again, veterans, they've already got enough trauma with the you know the war um all their training that they got they got too much things on their mind they don't need added stress so we want to make sure that they get educated properly they get the right information at, from the very get-go once it moves into the real estate portion again they're already stressed we try to alleviate most of the stress by helping them get the right information from the get-go do you, do you find that uh that once people get into the homes they usually stay there now, in today's uh, day and age, they are staying longer than they were before. Back then, you realized that you had your starter home, your middle-sized home, which meant you had your, your wife and kids. Then you had your third home, which was the kids left, and they moved out and sold that property. Now we're starting to realize that a lot of people are staying hanging in there because the kids are coming back. And this is where it's a great that's, that's me right there. I live with my Madre right now in the, in the home that I was born in. I was born at St. Bernardine in 76. And uh, like, since my father passed away, she has a huge home and just chilling there. But like, uh, so I live with my madre and man, we, we really are a family unit. It reminds me of the old days in Mexico where the whole family lived together and you took care of your elders and you took care of the grandkids and everything was, was, was really like juntos, you know, togetherness. And then like now it feels like, it, like the previous generation wanted us all to be separate and independent. But, man, we need to come back together and take care of our elders. We, we can't leave them all alone. So that's where these granny flats are. Be, are I just love that idea of bringing the elders back into the picture because, well, our families need to come together. And uh, so, so do you, where's your, where do, do you have, do you have your, um, your grandma, is, is she still alive? Or? Uh, my maternal grandmother is still alive. My paternal one passed away. Do, do, they, do they live in a small home or where, where do they, what? How does that work for them? They live with the family in a small home as well. Okay. Yeah. See, so like, yeah, I think we could, we could make a cultural shift here. And it isn't not about being independent only. It's about keeping your family together and not leaving your elders in a home all by themselves. That is just wrong, team. If you are and even putting them in homes, like the elderly homes, that place, those places smell like, uh, like pee and stuff. No joke. And, and, and they got funguses, and you don't want to put your family in that stuff. Now, I understand they got bad dementia or something. They need medical issues. We all understand that. But if you, if you got a, 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 a family member that, that, that everything else is cool, you should be bringing them as close to you as possible. And then the grandkids, they, they, they learn from the elders. That's something that a lot of grandkids are missing. And they need to learn that old way because the old ways are sometimes better ways. Not all of them, but a lot of them are. Like picking up your trash and things like that that, that, that my grandparents taught me. What, you just threw that down? I get smacked for that, right? But a lot of, a lot of kids, they don't even have access to their elders. And I, I love this stuff of bringing, bringing them back. And, it, and then they, they still have a little bit of independence when they're off on the back. Now, how, 
Now, how would someone if has a home right now and property and they would like to get a granny flat, how would they do that, Elias? Well, I think what they should do is contact Oliver first and then he can basically go to, through the pipeline and see the area. Then that would work in hand in hand with Manny to maybe determine how they would finance it. And then that would be number one. But also, I guess... Oliver might be able to screen them with a simple, what is it? Because as you see, the brochure gets in front of you. We have, oh, maybe about eight different models to select from. And, and what, are the, what are the price ranges of those models? Okay, give, give you an example. Uh, remember, these are just for the, the units. Say a, uh, a, a small studio starts about $30,000. And that would be plenty of room for an elder. An elder, that would be like a little studio. Then we have a 400 square foot, which is when the average is, would say a two car garage, that's like a one bedroom. Then we go to 600 square foot, 800 square foot, which is almost like your average apartment size now. We have 900 square foot models. Uh, in the ADUs, you can go up to about 1,200 square foot. So like you pointed out, in San Bernardino and in the Inland Empire, some of the lots are bigger. They can, 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 can accommodate a bigger unit, say a 1,000 or 1,200 square foot, three or four bedroom unit. But as a whole, it's basically designed to accommodate maybe a 400 to 600 square foot unit pretty easily. And what we would do is work with Oliver and he could work with a client to basically go through the screening process of what they want and then work with Manny on help getting them qualified. And from there, you got to create a budget before you show them what they want. You know, like anything else, you can't, it's like I said, you can't show somebody something if it's not in their budget. Get them qualified first, see what they qualify for, and, then, and also the area, and that will help us put together. Because, uh, you know, Oliver and I work side by side with a lot of different things, and this would be the, the thing. It, it, it's a lot easier once you have a spot to be qualified for, for $8,750 versus 250000 right? Right. So, Just yeah. what you pointed out earlier, I mean, there's different levels. We have something that we call transitional housing. It's something we're trying to implement with the different cities to, to accommodate the homeless situation. Mm -hmm. This is temporary housing. But they are also designed to be fire-resistant. They're designed to be uh, with no asbestos because they, our product is not made out of wood. We use a different type of product, magnesium oxide-based product. Okay. So that's why we're fire-resistant, mold-resistant, we, cut, we sort of use NASA technology for this. And we're also, we meet and exceed every California building code and Title 24. Anyone who understands building understand what that means. That's why we are also financeable. But like I can point out, we have 300 square foot models, 400, 600, 800, 900 square foot models, 1,000. We are also, uh, you know, the other market is creating small communities. Like I can point out, that is my ultimate goal with some investor friends is to build affordable housing communities. Not like I said, not low income affordable housing communities for seniors, veterans, and as well as, you know, first-time families when they're just starting out. And then, like, then families could be where their kids are and where their school is and all live together in the same kind of socioeconomic situation. And that's how you build community and you come together. All right, we have uh, about four minutes left here in the show, and I'd like to... Um, is there anything you guys like to say real quick? But I, I got a question. Oh, go ahead. And the 1,000 square, 1,200 square foot... What's the high end of the cost for one of those that you'd look at? I think that on there, it's like, and I'll point this out, like I was pointing out in a conversation with someone, it's like ordering a car. What do you want on it? Mm -hmm. The base model would be something that meets every California building code that needs to be done. And next year in 2020, we have some of the different things going into play uh, for like, you know, solar technology or net zero. That's some of the things that come into play. Or is it a fire area where you might have to have fire sprinklers? Gotcha. But I guess the easiest way to explain it is if someone who ask me questions like that, I always say one thing. Call any contractor, tell him the size of the unit that you want, and he should be gave you a square foot price. And then if you were to get in contact with us, I'd explain to you why our process is a little less expensive because of the way we build in the technology okay. and also the sustainability. Okay. I mean, but we are what I consider competitively priced when you compare apples to apples, not apples to oranges. Like okay. I point out again, we are not a tiny home and we are not a manufactured home. Okay. So you uh, could realistically with your company in the range of let's say sixty to a hundred thousand dollars, you could get a nice little unit for your family. Oh God, yes. Uh, you could That's put a nice little one I was trying to uh, under a hundred thousand dollars we could probably put a pretty de little decent backyard unit for you. And I hate to say this, but that's also a unit that you could also use for rental income, yeah. but also that's for your extended family. Instead of, uh, I'm going to say this, you know, you want to have family close to you, but you still have your own privacy in, in the other unit. Okay, we're almost at the end of the show, so I'd like each one to really quickly say something you can do for the community to help us out. What can you do, Oliver? 
Well, my phone line is always open. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out. I mean, Go, what's your number one more time? 909-256-1766. Okay, uh, Mr. Perez, uh, what do you think? Well, the same thing as Oliver, you know, 800-440-9426. And they're ready to help. Uh, absolutely, to absolutely. We, are, we certainly are here for that. Mr. Uh, Mr. Isaiah's. Elias? Oh, okay. Elias, uh, Flor Mr. Flores, Mr. Flores. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Well, just like I said, if you have any questions, you can reach me directly at 951-403-2204. And like I pointed out, I'd be glad to email you our brochure and you can look at some of our models. We can build just about anything you'd like, but like I point out, our models are based on accommodating energy efficiency in the backyard units. Okay. Th this is Robert Porter with I Love San Bernardino County. I want to thank all my guests so much and, and, of course, Scott Olson for showing up here. We missed you, Carmel Rowe. I hope you're listening right now, and uh, we'll see you soon. Um, I, I definitely want to make sure that uh, you all have a great Thanksgiving, and I will be MC at our local Turkey Trot Thanksgiving morning right over there at San Bernardino International Airport. If you're interested in registering for that, go to turkeytrot.com and it's a 5k run you can bring the kids out there dressed like turkeys we can all have a great old time this is robert porter with i love san Bernardino county and we are out of here It's time for NBC Radio News on KCAA Loma Linda. Brought to you by Green Kong Dispensary, the Inland Empire's finest curated medical and recreational dispensary. Google Green Kong.